All right, you are now tuned in to the Players Den podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest with us today, Bob Rathbun. Uh, go ahead and get into, you know. Yeah, we have a legend in the building. Um, been doing broadcasting for the Hawks for over 20 years. Um, got a numerous awards, including the Emmy that we want to talk about. Um, and it's just a, it's a, it's, it's a dream come true. We have been trying to do this for a couple of years now. Um, I met Bob back in college. Um, I emailed him and told him, you know, how I felt about his work, his work ethic, and, you know, how much he meant to me as a broadcaster for the Hawks because you've been around for a long time. Man, since I've, been, I've, been I've been hearing your voice my whole life, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him the same thing. I've been, I've, I've been around since 94. You came in Atlanta in 96. Yeah. So you, 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 you built that, that groundwork for me to become a, a, a big fan of the Hawks. I appreciate you all the hard work you have done for the Hawks um, and the passion that you bring as a broadcaster every night um, is, 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 is nobody can match it. Um, it's a big effort. You do more than Hawks games. Um, you do the dream. Um, you have did Braves games in the past. Um, and you just recently did the TBT tournament that was featured on ESPN. Yep. I'm like, my man, Bob is everywhere. You're, like work, he- you're working, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. When do, when do you get a day? When do you get a day off, man? What's that? When do you get a day off? No days off. <laughs> Basketball is three sixty-five. Yes, sir. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I want to talk about how I met you before we get into you know everything about you. Sure. Um, but it started. I was a senior in college, and it was my it was before my first play-by-play. I had to do the stats for the game had to tweet for the game. I had to do pretty much the whole package by myself. And um, I was just like, let me just email Bob Raffman to see if I can get any type of help. And it's, it's crazy because you called me the day of, which was Friday. You called me the day of, and you told me like, hey, pretty much like people get paid big money to do all of that by themselves. And I was an intern. It was paying me $50 for a package. And they set me up. I was my first high school game by myself, and they made me do everything. But you helped me. You told me about the pin technique. Um, that was definitely helpful, right, doing stats and doing the play-by-play and, and knowing where when a guy pick up the ball at the 25 for a punt return and just adding those numbers up. And you also told me if they had um, an announcer there, broadcaster, to sit by him, and, and that's what I did. It, that, that helped me a lot. The away team, which was crazy, the away team had an announcer at the game. Mm-hmm. And he did play-by-play with the stats. So he helped me a lot. Um, and I definitely appreciate you for that. And um, I just feel like he's just a, a big mentor to me. It just helped me uh, grow. That helped me grow. That helped me be the person I am today as a journalist. And I, I just appreciate you for it. Of course. Well, Tony, uh, I'm happy to do it. Um, share the knowledge, <laughs> you know, that's kind of my words to I and uh, happy to help broadcasters because I had plenty of people help me to get started. So I just like to keep, keep that chain going. And let's, let's go ahead and get into that. So when did you know you was going to be in sports? When did you know broadcasting was for you? Yeah, I, I was 12 years old guys. Um, uh-huh. I got, I got a chance to uh, have a tour of the radio station in my hometown and back in North Carolina. And the second I walked in that building, 
I knew this was for me. I fell in love with it. I thought I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, the the guys at the station were nice enough to let me keep hanging around. And uh, one day the sports guy showed up and he wanted help on. Uh, at that time, it was in the summer, so it was baseball, and that morphed into football and basketball after that, keeping stats and whatnot. But he let me do a half an inning of a ball game, a baseball game, when I was 12 years old. And that's oh wow, wow, that's how it started for me. Wow, uh, my voice was a little higher then, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it started. And I knew, I I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And and I was lucky, you know, uh, growing up in a small town. I don't know if you could do it in a big city, but small town, they you know they were cool about it. Me hanging out, not help out, best I could, kept stats and you know did whatever needed to be done all the stuff that the announcers didn't want to do, uh, file <laughs> records and, you know, take care of the, uh, the news wire and all that stuff. Okay. But uh, when I was 19, I was a sophomore in college and I had worked at the station all along. And I also wrote for the newspaper in my hometown, uh, covered my high school team. Okay. And uh, it was a daily paper. So that was great training too. But when I was 19, the sports guy left and uh, the people at the radio station said, do you want to do it? And I said, sure. So I went to college full-time and I worked full-time wow. and, uh, and loved every second of it. You know, yeah. I'd go into the, I'd go into the station at six o'clock in the morning and I wouldn't get done till 10 o'clock at night. And I couldn't get enough. And I, I did it seven days a week wow. and, uh, it was great. And I was a speech major at Catawba college, a D2 school in North Carolina in my hometown. And that's where you're from. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, uh, the head of the department, it turned into a, a great friend, Carl Hales, uh, said, you know what you want to do. So let's tailor your education to get the most out of it. And I was a speech major at Catawba. And uh, that training helped me immensely because I would I would take what I learned in the classroom mm -hmm. and immediately apply it to the broadcast, whether it was the studio or play by play, what have you. And that's kind of what college should be, right? Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> it should be I, like that. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the real world uh, in action. You right. know? So I would take it from one to the other, and that, that helped me so much. And then uh, in my hometown, again, this is just a lucky stroke that Salisbury was the, the headquarters of the National Sportscasters and Sportswriters Association. It was a restaurateur who wanted back in the – I guess mid sixties, he wanted to promote his boxing matches and he thought it would be a good way to get all the writers of prominence when they made the trek from Greensboro covering the greater Greensboro open a week before the masters. And they would all drive through Salisbury on their way to Augusta. Okay. So he held them over a night or two and they had this award ceremony and it caught on and they honor the, the state winner in uh, sports casting and sports writing and the national winners. And now they have a hall of fame. It's since moved to Winston-Salem, but when I was a kid, it was right there. And when I was 16 and got my license, I was on the transportation committee. Okay. And what that, what that meant was I had to drive to the Charlotte airport and pick everybody up and, and bring them back. Wow. And so in the back seat of my car, I had the biggest names 
in broadcasting and quite frankly, the biggest names in sports. I mean, I had Jesse Owens in the backseat of my car because he was coming wow. to school uh, and all the great sports wow. cats, you know, Lindsey Nelson, Keith Jackson, Chris Schenkel, uh, all these guys. But what it did for me, fellas, it, it demystified the business. Okay. You know, because they were so encouraging. Because uh, I told them, I said, I want to do what you do. Right. I would pick their brain for the 45 minutes we were in the car together. I would too. Yeah. I would. What do you do? How do you do it? You know, how do you work on your voice? Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and that was incredibly valuable. And so, you know, all that kind of, you know, came together. And so when I was 19, I was doing it full time. I got my first break when I was 25 and went to Norfolk, Virginia to do oh. Old Dominion and William and Mary. And that was right at the time when regional television was coming on the scene. Cable okay. was just starting to, to catch hold. And uh, that's when all the RSNs popped up and I started working for one out of DC. It's Masson now, but back then it was home team sports. Wow. And I would fill in on the Orioles and the, and the wizards because the main guy, Mel Proctor was off doing other stuff. And they had me do a bunch of college basketball and football and all that. And so I got into TV. I anchored back in Norfolk, uh, did radio and TV because wow. we were all in the same building. Uh, AM, FM, TV, sort of like the WSB of Norfolk and, uh, and did that. And I mean, I just had a blast and, uh, worked there for 14 years, went to work for ESPN, went to work for CBS, uh, did it all there. went to Detroit, did three years of baseball for Tiger. the Tigers, right. Then, then came to Atlanta in 96 to do the Braves and the Hawks and been here ever since. I can't get rid of me. So, so, <laughs> so how, so how, how did you feel when the Hawks was like, Hey, like we, we notice your work. Can well, we get you here? How Tony, is that easy? It's uh no, it's never easy. It's <laughs> a lot of luck, uh, actually. Uh, but you never, one thing you never burn bridges, right? Cause you yes, never sir, know right. who you're going to see down the road. And one of my ACC basketball, my 36th year doing ACC basketball. And one of my producers for Raycom, became the coordinating producer of Sports South, wow. which, which was a Turner property at that time. Uh, now, we became Fox three months after I got here in January of 97, but I came at, when it was Sports South. Okay. And this was okay. at a time when Ted had to sell off a bunch of properties because of one of the many mergers of TBS. And so we were spun off and Fox bought us in 97. But that producer was the CP. He had an opening and he hired me. Wow. Wow. Because I was, because I had both baseball and basketball in my background. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, I had done the Orioles and the Tigers. And of course, I had done uh, filling in for the Bullets, but I'd done a ton of college basketball and I was working for right. CBN. So uh, I had credibility in both sports and that sort of opened the door. And the Hawks were, you know, were cool with it. You know, I replaced Tim Brando. Um, back in 96 and Lee Douglas, who was the guy in charge of the Hawks uh, broadcasting at the time. And who is, you know, he's now at, with the Florida Gators property in, down in Gainesville, but we're as tight as could be. And I, he just said, listen, we don't care what you do. You just cannot miss a Hawks game. <laughs> because Brando Brando was gone all the time. You know, he was 
doing SEC football or he's doing this and doing that, blah, 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 blah. And Lee said, he's never here. We want somebody to do every game. If you do every game, we don't know what you do. Now, at that time, remember, the Hawks and Braves were all owned by Turner. Right. Mm -hmm. This is sort of a big family. And uh, and we were in it. And uh, and that's how I came to Atlanta. Wow, that's amazing. Oh that's an amazing goodness. story. That's a great yeah. story. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you a follow-up question about uh, what you said about your early years when you, you got your license, you had all of the, you know, grapes in the back of your car. I, I wonder what type of what type of car did you have as a 16-year-old back then? What, what were they riding? I, I was very fortunate because I got to drive a brand new Buick from the Salisbury Motor Company, which was on loan to NSSA to do okay. just what I was doing. So they said, he can go by. <laughs> they didn't know that wasn't my car. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay. Had to turn that bad boy in after the uh, ceremonies. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I just wanted to ask you, uh, well, we, we see you work with some of the greats, uh, Steve Smith, Dominique Wilkins, uh, on a night-in, night-out basis. Uh, what is it like uh, working with those guys, and what type of relationships do you build with them as you as you work with them? Well, you know, Smitty, I just saw the picture pop up behind you. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, what, a, what a sweetheart. Uh, we've become very good friends. He was one of my favorite Hawk players. Yeah. yeah, he was still playing for us. Right. Yeah. And then to see him go on and, you know, do the things that he's doing over at Turner, just uh, just great. And he's a he's one of the greatest human beings I've ever met in my life. Now, Dominique and I go back to high school, oh, which wow. is what? crazy. Yeah. In okay. North Carolina in the 70s, mid 70s. They had a feud going on with the Western schools in the state with everybody else. And for years, the Western North Carolina schools had their own association. So we never had a statewide title like is so common now. Okay. Because they, they thought they were getting screwed on schedules and, and all this. And, and so they said, you know what? We'll just play amongst ourselves. David Thompson. I think you may be familiar with that name. Yes. Greatest player in the history of the ACC. And don't let anybody tell you different. <laughs> he is and will always be the greatest player in the history of the conference. He played at a little high school in Shelby, North Carolina called Crest High School, C-R-E-S-T. Went unbeaten his senior year and lost the state or the Western final to Salisbury High School. And I got to broadcast that game. It was played at Catawba. Wow. Only loss he had in high school his senior year. And, of course, he went on to NC State and didn't lose again, you know, until his uh, sophomore year uh, when UCLA beat him, and then they beat UCLA to end the, the Bruins' great streak. But I say all that. After that, there was a come-to-Jesus meeting, and they had a complete state unification in high school at all levels, 5A, 4A, 3A, whatever. I'm doing high school basketball. I did Salisbury High School football and basketball. And our team, in the first year of the statewide tournament, played Washington, North Carolina, Dominique's Dominic. high school team. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was his junior year in high school. 
and we played in Durham. And his team had five guys that looked like Dominique. <laughs> My team had five guys that looked like me. Mm-hmm. So Washington, North Carolina uh, prevailed big time. Uh, they only <laughs> lost one game. He only lost one game in high school. But wow. that's how I first got to meet Dominique Wilkins. Later, when he was at Georgia, I did an NIT game at Stegman between Old Dominion and Georgia. So I did him in high school and I did him in college. And then when I got to the NBA full-time, he was still playing at Orlando. He was wrapping up his career. So I got to call his games there. And for the last 14 years, he's been by my side doing the Hawks TV. And so it's, like it's, the best. it's like the best combination of, of I know, isn't that crazy? That, that mean, duo is the duo is just man. man I, I, like win, lose, draw. I'm watching the Hawks game on TV. Like the atmosphere is great inside, but I'm like, damn, what is Bob Rathman and Dominique saying right now? <laughs> like that be in my mind. Like what? I know Bob going crazy right now. Trade them hit three threes back to back. I know Bob got people at home shouting like, that's gonna be in my mind when i'm at the game right so i i, I don't get to catch a lot of what you say at, at home games because i'm in the building but uh a lot of the away games i do catch on tv uh, and it's always it just reminds me of back in the day as a kid just loving the hawks and hearing your voice and and not knowing one day we'll be having this conversation yeah. so it's, it's this is an incredible moment for us and man you're such a legend. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thanks. Sometimes when people say legend, I think that's just a, another word for old. But no, a- no. We mean like the resume, like, like, like I said, me being 28, I'm 28 years old. Since I've watched Hawks basketball, I've heard your voice. Like it's, 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 a, it's a different, it's a different vibe to it. Like yep. a lot of people didn't really, you know, watch us, you know, early on, but I mean, man, like when I tell you, like I was telling my boy Wayne, like I have to sit down and talk with Bob. Like this is like a scratch off bucket list. Like ah, well, we thanks. needed this. Like yeah, I really appreciate it. What keeps me going um, are guys like you all, the fans. Uh, they mean so much to me, and I and I speak for Dominique in the same vein. You know, we neither of us would be where we are without the support of the fans. Yeah. And uh, we don't take it for granted. You know, I try to bring it each and every night. Um, can't wait to get started. Man. Our first broadcast is a week from tonight. So <laughs> we are, we're both excited and uh, can't, can't wait to get going. Cause I think we're going to have a really good team. Which yeah. players are you excited to see this season? Well, DeJounte for sure. Man. Uh, great addition. Amazing addition. This is one of the, I can't remember the last time. If ever the Atlanta Hawks have traded for an all-star in his prime. I told you. That's I, the same. We yeah, talked about this in the barbershop. We talked about this. Like, I, I this don't think we've ever straight. done it. No. You know, we've had a bunch of Hall of Fame players, you know, the Moses Malones and the Walt Bellamy's and all the guys that have come, but they were, generally speaking, toward the end of their career. Right. Yeah. You know? Or, or, I, or they were starting or the or who we had was starting their career. Right. Got rid right. of so, you know, Pistol was just getting started. Right. And, you know, Luke kind of came with the, you know, so it's always been, we've had a ton of great players and a ton of Hall of Famers, but we've never really traded for an all-star in his prime before. And it feels, so it feels great for Trey to just be able to just 
breathe, <laughs> you know, like take it off your hand. You know, you're not like, you don't have to do it all tonight. Like you can, you can sit back a little bit. And that's something like I, I never wanted him to get frustrated with. I want Trey to be here for the long haul, mm-hmm. but it, it takes talent and, and help. It's going to take, it's going to, he's going to need that help. And this in the backcourt, you know, not having to, you know, we try to hide him on defense, but we maybe we, we don't have to hide him as much anymore. You well, know, maybe, maybe I, we can do something else on defense with him in the offense and yeah. Murray on ball. Like he's a great on ball defender. Yeah, um, little steals last year. Yeah, one thing you're going to notice about Murray is if if Trey is not playing defense, he's going <laughs> to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I mean, it's been like all business from the first day he got to town. He, he said he's that. hungry. He said that. He's hungry. Yeah. He said he's I mean, not he's here for he's here for no. business only. He really is. Wow. So much so that they play pickup games. They ain't no high fiving. They know, you know, hey, you know, that's okay. Try neck. Ne- uh-uh. He is out to win. He knocks you down. There's somebody else helping him up, not him. Oh wow. I mean this guy, no, really. I mean this this guy that's is what we need. That's what we need. Yes. Yes, because it, everybody will follow. And and see, that's you you know you know you you know that's the game. What, that's exactly what we needed. Intensity we, is going to bring intensity. If they see him bringing it, and he's going to bring it, like no question that he's going to bring it. He's going to be on the boards. So mm-hmm. I want to see Clint on the boards because yep. this young man is on the boards. So I want to maybe this John team is just going to fight harder. Like yeah, I think we're, like it tends to rub off on everybody because in any sport, the coaches cannot do it all the time. It's got to be the players, particularly at the professional level. They've got to hold themselves accountable. Coach can't be cracking the whip all the time. You know, know. they've got to, they've got to do their own. And um, I, I just, I kind of like what I see. Now I haven't seen them obviously since they left, but practices have been spirited. Okay. Uh, it's been, you know, it's just sort of an edge to it, you know. Um, and again, I think the energy is a direct result of Jajante being here. Uh, it's infectious. That's and great news. That sounds, great. that sounds great. That sounds that good. said, that said, uh, it's going to take some time, you know. Uh, I'd, I'd give us 20 games and see where we are. But I think we're different from last year. We're going to be much better defensively. But mm-hmm. we might not shoot the ball as well right. off the bench. I think the first right. unit will score with anybody. That's almost but, the same thing. But, you know, losing Gallo, losing Herter, you know, our three-point shooting might suffer a little bit off the bench. But I think we'll more than make up for it with pace, energy, defense, rebounding, getting after it. So I'm, I'm excited. I, I, yeah. I love these guys. and. Yeah. I love them as people and I love them as basketball players. They're just so much fun to be around. Yeah. And I, I think they're going to do well. I really do. So, so what are your expectations as far as maybe seeding or playoffs or. Yeah. Hawks? Hard to say the East at, at the top, it's like 10 teams in the East. I think we're all pretty much the same. I, I would give Milwaukee a bit of an edge. I think they're a little cut above, but everybody else. I think you could throw a hat over them all. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about Brooklyn. They could be very yeah. good. It could also collapse, but they could, could be very good. Yeah. All right. Philadelphia, 
Nobody's talking about Toronto. I think everybody's sleep on, sleeping on Toronto. Great oh, defensive yeah. team, great mm-hmm. coaching. Cleveland's starting three all-stars. They better be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Miami uh-huh. went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Nobody's talking about them. Right. Us. Right. So, I mean, there's seven right there. Um, I, I just think the realistic goal for the Hawks, let's try to win 50 games, 30 at home, 20 on the road. Okay. Okay. And see where that gets us. Because I think that'll get us in the top six. Now, if we okay. can, if we can do better than that, maybe top four. Okay. But I think fifty wins will get you in the top six. Now, that's not easy to do. Yeah. No. You you can count on one hand the number of times we've done that as a franchise. <laughs> but I think that for this group is a realistic goal. I really do. And yeah. uh, but it's the other thing we've got to do, and this is something that only the hardcore fans like you guys realize. We got to win tiebreakers. This thing is going to be so close. Two, three, four, five, six. Get those tiebreakers in your back pocket. And you've got to do that starting opening night. You can't take games off in October, November, like in years past. Right. The plan has changed this. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, no. well, I, I think those previous statements we got to win the tiebreakers. Yeah, absolutely. I think the previous statements that were made last year, we're going to play like always. We're ready for the playoffs. I think they're just going to play through this year. Last year wasn't the same. Like I said, the intensity wasn't there. No, it bring, like I said, bringing in Murray is going to is definitely going to help the intensity and 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 be able to close games. Finishing games was a problem. Like yep. fourth quarter finishing games, that we got to do it. Like is 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 not. You you up third quarter fifteen and then you lose by three. No, let's be up fifteen and go and win by ten. Let's keep it. Let's just keep it. Let's keep it up. And I'm I'm just waiting to see that. And the funny thing is that the year before it was just the opposite. Right. (laughs) I know the time in winning games. So right. uh, You know the the one thing about last year's team and they're young and they're still young. I mean most of these guys are just now hitting their prime. But you've got to you got to gear yourself up physically, mentally, emotionally to play an 82 game season. And we hadn't until last year, we hadn't played an 82 game season in three years. Right. And they were still on the high from going to the Eastern conference finals. We yeah. had a very short off season as all teams very short. played long. Yeah. Our last game was right around the 4th of July. So we had a short off season. We had three guys with procedures that weren't right. They couldn't even run until October 1st, we never really got it going. Right. You know, we lost 10 straight home games. That's unheard of. That was tough. And that was As so a fan, tough. it was tough it to was tough. endure. Bad teams. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're losing to San Antonio and Phoenix, Houston and Phoenix Charlotte. Yeah. What are we doing? I, I but again, that's, that's the mental focus. It wasn't there. Right. That's going to change. Right. I think we'll be ready to go from opening night on and uh, – I'm excited to see what this team can do. Yeah, I think the X factor is John Collins. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, if he meshing with, with with Murray and Trey, the sky will be the limit for these guys. Because if they turn into that fast break team where you got to worry about Trey, John Collins, and Murray, that's going to be tough. You don't, you're not going to know what to do. Trey's going to spot up. Murray can bring the ball up. Trey can bring the ball up. Find Murray. It's just going to be like I and I want to see Clint running the floor more. Like. 
I did. I, I, I want to see that on fast break. I want to see Clint getting down there with Trey, so Trey don't have to back out. We can just go right at him. Let's let's attack. I I would add one more name to that list, and that's DeAndre Hunter. I obviously he's got to stay healthy, right? But yes. I I think the thing for particularly with this team, he doesn't have to score thirty. Oh, but he can't score two. No, <laughs> he's got he's got to get fifteen every night. Man. Be that consistent scoring threat at the three, and we'll play him a lot at the four too. I think. But be that consistent scoring threat. You know, he showed, I thought, you know, like game four and five against Miami in the playoffs that, you know, this guy's got a lot of talent that hasn't been tapped. And I think injuries are, have been the major part of that. Right. But if but Hunter's got to be a, a big-time player at that three to make this whole thing come together. Definitely. And that's, you know, I, I talk about that all the time. He has to have a huge year four, uh, his year four in the league, uh, jump and – just that, like you said, that consistent. I I personally want him to average about sixteen to seventeen. But if we can get fifteen consistently every, every single night, and Trey and Dejounte are you know doing what they have to do and playing like all stars, uh, John Collins steps up. I, I would like for him to rebound more as well. But he he can also be in that sixteen seventeen point range and flirt with ten rebounds. You know, here and there, and, and of course. Uh, Capella, you know, just a double-double, 10 and 10, right. and good defense. Like, if, if, we can, if we can do those things, man, I think the sky's the limit. We got Bogey coming off the bench. I think he'll be a six-man-of-the-year candidate when he gets healthy. Uh, and, you know, we brought in guys like Holiday. Well, both Holidays, actually. Justin, <laughs> and, uh, man. It was a three. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so uh, we, we – I'm very, I'm very excited. Uh, my personal expectations for the Hawks, I think we will make the top six in the East. Uh, like you said, I can't tell you where, but if I had to guess, I would say four to six range. Uh, I don't think we'll be a top four team, but I think we have potential to be a top four team. And uh, I'm just super excited for the season. I'll be in the stands every night cheering <laughs> them on. <laughs> and uh, well, the yeah. big thing, the big thing for all of us uh, is health. You know, uh, you you cannot suffer through catastrophic injuries to your main guys. No team can. Right. And uh, if we have good health, I think we'll be fine. John Collins' rebound numbers dropped a little because Capella showed up. Right. You know, yeah. Uh, when the, when the guy next to you is getting ten a night, that doesn't leave too many. But John <laughs> right. Rebound. But I'll tell you another guy that's going to have a big season is Onyeka Kongwu. Uh, he's ready to break free. I love double O. Yeah. He, he'll eat into Capella's minutes. I think he, he's going to get a chance to, to play a lot. Wow. And that second unit, their energy is going to hinge, I think, on how well Onyeka does. Because okay. he, he's added a little jump shot. I, I was about to bring uh, that up. Did. I, I definitely saw that jump. <laughs> if he can yep. make that consistently. Yep. He, he can go out to 10, 12 feet now and knock it down. And that's a, well, that's – that's love. We need that. That's love. That's big love. That's good space. Um, before we, did you have any other questions? Yeah, uh, I had a couple questions. Uh, so we know that we talked about some of the teams that you've you've uh, worked for, worked with, uh, whether it was college, uh, the, the the dream, WNBA, Hawks, whatever the case may be. Uh, what what was one of your favorite teams to cover outside of the Hawks? Ooh, 
Great question. Well, I had a lot of fun doing the Braves because that was in their other heyday, you know, not the mm-hmm. one right Keep now, right. the one where they were winning 14 straight division titles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we won so many regular season games and the ones that we got to do, but I'll never forget the night uh, Andres Galarraga, you know, came back from cancer to play. Uh, that was so emotional. Uh, one of my real big highlights. I think watching guys like Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz on a nightly basis was my just, goodness. We did a game, we did an April game in Philadelphia, and it was about 40 degrees below zero. And we're at the vet, that awful stadium in Philadelphia, just, you know, the worst astroturf in the history of sports. And and Maddox is pitching. I think he had one three ball count, and we were out of there in two hours and 10 minutes. Oh, I mean, he it's just no he could put it in a teacup. But just watching him pitch, watching Glavin, uh, Smoltz, what John did as a starter, and then he went to the bullpen and set all kinds of saves records. Then he comes back as a starter. I mean, it's, yeah, right. it's, it's nuts. So, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of highlights uh, with that. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, working for CBS was pretty cool. You know, doing the NCAA tournament, that was a big highlight for me. It wasn't one game so much as just being a part of that of that broadcast team. Uh, I worked with Billy Packer uh, and Dan Bonner and uh, guys that I worked the ACC games with, so there was a lot of familiarity there. Um, but, I, you know, I got a chance to call a women's Final Four for ESPN, uh, College World Series, I mean, I, I've just been blessed to, to have oh, a man. chance Big to do a lot of Oh, yeah, absolutely. I did, the first, I did the first game in Arena Football League history. Oh, wow. Yeah, back in the summer of 1987. That was pretty wild. Okay. They had no rule book, no rosters, no information, and we just had to go. Oh, wow. <laughs> my, partner, my partner was Lee Corso. I know y'all had a blast. I know y'all had a blast. Oh, uh, first game. Quick story before we go. We're doing the first first ever game. ESPN had budgeted two hours. We're on the air for three and a half. They're pulling their hair out in Bristol to get to SportsCenter, and we're playing this this arena football game. Three and a half hours we're on the air. But the quarterback, Chicago against Denver, and Chicago throws the – a touchdown pass on like the second play from scrimmage for the first touchdown in arena football history. This guy, it's like playing on concrete. The guy stretches out, makes a catch on the turf and on the bottom of the Rosemont horizon floor. And Corso <laughs> leaps up and he says, ladies and gentlemen, that was the greatest catch in the history of arena football. <laughs> first touchdown. <laughs> At that moment, it was. He was hey, wrong. hey, 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 hey. If, they, if they got catching it, I'm taking that from Lee Corso. I'm taking that. <laughs> That's a cool story. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, favorite Hawks memory? A quick one? A quick favorite yeah, I, I did ask that a lot. And it, it, there have been obviously a lot uh, here and there. But I will never, ever forget the 60-win team. Same here. Okay. How we did the West that year? Oh, my God. That team was unstoppable. We won 19 19 games in a row. We swept the Clippers that year. It was just like, wow. Like, we we did a lot of damage that year. Looked like a championship team. Straight wins. That's a quarter of your schedule. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, it, but the best part about it is to see Atlanta and Hawks fans everywhere happy, just puffing out their chests. And I was puffing out my chest that year. With pride. You know, look at our boys. Yeah. You know, I, you know, when I drop off my dry cleaning, the little blue haired lady at the counter says, aren't our Hawks doing well? You know, so the, <laughs> the whole town like is going nuts. Right. And, uh, that Golden State game, I will never forget. That beat Corver couldn't miss. Man, no. Corver, man. He was just a was, cheat code that yeah. year. That year was a cheat code. That we missed a shot and the ball goes in the corner and Schroeder gets it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he saves it in the corner and throws it to Kyle. Okay. He's outside the three point line. Go back and look at this if you can find it on YouTube. Schroeder just starts going down the other end of the court. He's not waiting for he's not waiting for no way. And he know it is he know what's going on. I mean, he just he flips the ball and just starts running. I mean, it was like it was a magic carpet ride. Man. And I swear <laughs> to God, if we'd have stayed healthy, because remember Cephalosha went down when the NYPD took yeah. practice on his yeah. leg. DeMar was hurt. That DeMar was a little banger. If we'd have stayed healthy with Cephalosha, we would have beaten Cleveland and gone to the finals. Now, I don't know if we'd have beaten Golden State, but we would have beaten LeBron and we'd have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. And there's two games I'll always think back. What if? What if we had won that game? What, had, what would that have done to pro basketball in Atlanta? And what if we'd have won game seven at Boston with Neek? Oh, my goodness. In 88, right? What would that have done to the Hawks and to the city and to pro basketball here? You know, those are two, but we'll never know. But we're, right. we're on this way right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. As long as we keep uh, elevating. Just <laughs> in a minute. But, okay. Bob, we're about to run out of time. We appreciate you coming in. Yes, like, man, what a – like I'm, I'm like I appreciate everything you do for me. Like thank you, and I definitely uh, appreciate it. This this is just the beginning. Yes, sir. So stay in touch. Stay in touch, and we'll see Ooh. you at State Farm Arena. Yes, thank sir. You, sir. See you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye.